This episode is powered by DEN Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. Hey, so we're here with Emily Morwin, who is the co-owner of Moto Yoga LA, which includes Moto Yoga West, soon to open, Moto Yoga East, and Moto Yoga LA, which she opened with her bare hands and spent hours and hours and years there just on her own, like making that thing work. And wasn't it also voted like best yoga studio in LA, like 2013 or something? It was, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Having my own studio, I just always bow down to Emily because she does it so well. She's formed such an amazing community there and is just so kind and wonderful all at the same time. It's unbelievable feat Aww. for her, a studio owner. So you. what you should also know about Emily, she was an actress in her past former life. Uh, you had your own show, correct? Like a one-woman show? Yes, I did. And she was a singer. You should hear her sing. Uh. <laughs> and you've started like lots of actual fundraisers and charities. I mean, you are this amazing, you do everything woman. And now a mom, just oh to add on to the list of stuff. So we have a lot <laughs> to talk about, which is really exciting. So let's start with, you're from Canada, which is yeah. why you're nice. Right, totally. <laughs> it's it's just a right of... Why know. do people say this? Just everyone in Canada is so nice. I think that people... My theory is that when people travel, um, all the nice Americans say that they're Canadian <laughs> when they're abroad. That's that's and so it's like there's this giant population of people that say that they're Canadian and they're just there. So... So now Canada's just yeah. gotten like so a real. Now Canada. I have to say, like every Canadian I've met has been really, really nice. It's actually true. No, we're pretty. We're pretty nice. We're pretty cool. And you're from <laughs> Toronto, correct? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. your family's still there. My family is still there. My sister's in Boston, but my my family, the rest of my family, is still there. Yeah. So when did you come stateside? When did you come over here? Um, I moved here in 2007, I think. Yes. To Los Angeles? To Los Angeles. That's a, that's a story. And then, yeah, well, let's hear it. Go for it. Why did you move here to Los Angeles in 2000? It. Why not? After a giant breakup. That's usually why people move yeah. there, I find. It's yeah. either I had a job or I followed a boy. Or yeah, a girl. exactly. I was, I, was, I was getting away from a boy. Um, and I got my sister to, I, I was just like, I got I to gotta get out of Toronto. And um, how long was this I, relationship? Four years. That's long. About yeah, living together. I, totally. So and you were in it. I was in it, and um, and I just was like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. And um, my sister drove me across the border <laughs> into like Buffalo in, your tr- in the trunk, <laughs> literally. And at at the border, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go uh, take a yoga class in Buffalo, and I bought a one-way ticket to LA, <laughs> and never <laughs> went back. And so, did they know you were doing that? It did. Who know? Like your family, or were you literally like, bye? They knew. I did tell them, but it was pretty. It was pretty shocking. And your boy, and did, had you broken up with your? I boyfriend? just left. You just left. I just left. So he, yeah. have you spoken to him? Yes. Since? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We so, bumped into each other. But how actually, long? So you just later. left. I'm assuming things weren't great, so we'll just leave it at that. But you just left. How long from when you just left till when you guys actually touched base? So, funny enough, so I, yeah, I remember I left in, I left in, um, in March of, of 20, or 2007, and then 
I think I went back in the summer to direct a show, um, and we actually bumped into each other. So I, I didn't. I the last time I had seen him was in our house, in our apartment. So <laughs> and I bumped into. Please him. tell me what this conversation was like. Oh, it was super awkward. I mean, did he awkward. ask what, was was there ever a why or did he like? Well, why I left? Like, did he? Oh, he massively cheated on me. <laughs> So you just like walk like yeah, you had an like, argument. He cheated on you. You walked yeah. and you're like screw you, bye, and walked out. I was just like, hey, okay, oh my no, gosh. good. And he was intertwined with all of my friends, so I was just like, but it wasn't I'm like going, was I'm he? So out of where here. was he when you walked out of the house? Like was he? Sleeping? Oh, he wasn't there. I love it. That's what I mean. You <laughs> actually like snuck there. out. <laughs> I took all my stuff. Any note? Probably broke a few things. Uh, nope. I love no. it. No. But by I the way, he, like, un- like he didn't deserve bye-bye. it. What's he doing now? He sitting in the is, corner crying still seven years like no years no he's um he's actually I think he's bartending and um in fact I know he's bartending and he's uh and he's doing the the same <laughs> the same one man show that I think he was doing back then wow yeah so and by the way your life is so amazing now you made the right choice that was a good shift <laughs> I don't think he's going to be listening to this I'm pretty sure But that's such a great story I love that you just like took off and didn't just leave no, I the was, house you I, left the country I left the country <laughs> and then I got here and I was like oh shit Did I, you know anybody I don't have I actually did know a few people I knew like a handful of people one quite well um but I knew a handful of people from having gone to school in New York um years prior who had since moved to Los Angeles and um so I actually figured it out that I would move in with my friend I didn't have like a bed or anything right <laughs> like, and because I I you know essentially snuck across the border with just carry on like a couple bags I didn't I literally slept like on a sheet on the floor for a few um for for quite a while until I got a bed and uh oh I got there and I was like I got here and I was like oh shit like I I don't what am, what am I gonna do like I've got to figure out how to work so what'd you do so I um I mean I was like okay well I know I know like I was a writer and a performer at the time um and but I was also teaching yoga I'd been teaching yoga for a, for a few years and so I was like well I don't have a visa I hope Donald Trump isn't listening to this. <laughs> I, I don't have a visa, so I have to, like, figure something out. So I made some really, really bad um, posters of, you know, I had the, the classic ridiculous photo of me doing um, Natarajasana, which is a yoga pose on a, on a rock as you as you do when you're a yoga teacher. <laughs> and I was somewhere gorgeous and slightly dangerous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I, I plastered them all over the city. Like I just, I went everywhere. And that's how I learned what, like, I, that's how I learned the geography of LA. I was like borrowing my friend's station wagon and I had like a paper map. It sounds like I'm like 500 years old. <laughs> I had like a paper map. Thomas and I was died like, when I moved out. Exactly. And I was just like, okay, here, th- like I would just like put my finger on a point and then I was like, okay, I guess I'm driving there. And I would... And I remember, because um, I, I, for some reason, I ended up in Marina Del Rey a lot. I lived on, on like, in West L.A. at the time. Um, and I would just go around and around this area. And the, and the, the, 
the postman there got to know me and he'd always <laughs> make fun of me and be like, girl, you keep putting these signs up and they keep taking, taking them, them down, down and you keep you keep showing up. Like he, he was like amazed that I kept like. I love that though. That I kept putting me. Yes. I was like. I, well, you had no choice. Desper- desperation but, slash determination. But let's be but honest. There's plenty of people who are desperate totally, that don't yeah. do that. Like yeah. you just kept going and going, and you're like, "I'm gonna make this." Yeah, work. I was like, "This is gonna happen." Because I was also pretty determined not to work in um, in a in a restaurant. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I was just like, in fact, I I did. I remember. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I, I I had I found, ju- I found a um, I found a I found a a, like a bar, it was like an Irish bar in Santa Monica, because I was like, I need, I need to, I need to like buy a bed, man. Yeah, a bed. And so I, I went in. And I was like, the Irish bar is gonna hire me illegally <laughs> for sure. So I, I went in and uh, they hired me, and but they were like, no, we have to, we have to hire you as a hostess because that's how the, that's how we do it here. You're, you have to, even though I had years of bartending experience, so I. I did that, and it was I think four hours later that I was like, I can't, I can't, I, can't I just do this. I was like, I'm sorry, I have to leave now. Oh my, God. I can't do this. Escape <laughs> number two. <laughs> and I walked out, and I was like, I think I went to the ocean because I used to go to the ocean a lot in the beginning. Be like, what am I gonna do? And then a few now, when you were there, so how like, long before? So wait, so you plastered all these? I didn't think we were up. gonna be talking about this, by the way. I, I know, I mean, I love this. <laughs> so you plastered all these things oh. up, and then. I think it's just they you plaster all these things up and then you what were you trying to get privates or privates yeah okay so how many were you generating so um I I did it, was it working it, I guess it, is the question it, it did work but um yeah I actually got a few really great privates and also got really scary situations I mean I'm loving this <laughs> like, this is like I this is like I actually, but I'm it's your try. version of Craigslist. I actually have a really, I'm not sure, I, I, haven't, I haven't even thought of this Tell story in creepiest. so long. But there was, okay, so, oh, I have two. Okay, I'm, I'm actually not sure I can remember all the details, but I'm going to try. So I, I got a call from from a guy who, um, who, who was in Santa Monica, and I was like, oh, yes. It came at a time where I was like, oh, I really need to have another private. And um, so he he called me up, and uh, I went you – know, we had a phone conversation beforehand, and, um, you know, he had told me he was a, a doctor, and he was looking for, for yoga, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. And so I went to his house, and he um, – like I knew there was just something odd. I had this odd feeling. He had this treadmill set up on the porch, and he was like, like, like racing on this treadmill on the on the porch. <laughs> and I, I don't know why that was weird to me, but it 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 was. It just I guess doesn't sound weird. But then well, I went into right his before house you were gonna do yoga. right before yeah. I was going to do yoga, and then and then I walked into his house, and it was completely littered with 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 garbage oh um and I was like okay this is really this is odd and um so when we uh, I was like I think let's let's do it on the beach let's do our session on the beach so we went to the beach and uh we finished our session and he uh he he ended up paying me with a with a check and when I went to the bank 
to to cash the check, the um, the woman at the at the bank was like, "This this person doesn't exist." Um, so I I was like, "Okay, well I've." I, he had given me a card, so I I went to the address where his business. He's like, "If oh, that's right." He's like, "If you have trouble with this check, reach out to me and um and I'll fix it." And so I reached out to him and I called and it was the the um it was a psychiatric care unit and the woman was like the the woman who um, answered the phone was like no I this uh yeah come by she said come by um this we might have was to edit do- this was I he actually, a doctor for he, so so or he, was he in it so <laughs> i found out ultimately i found out i went to the place cuz cuz he i guess he had said to go to the place um to pick up the check so i went there and the woman was like no he's a patient oh god <laughs> he's a patient he was like an outpatient so yeah. do- which was yeah so Did you at least get paid? Was the check? No, 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 no. So you no, went the whole thing. No, it was thing. the whole thing. I was, it was, it was crazy. Which was, which was, yeah, yeah. So, so that is, was L.A. I'm sure uh, so many cities are like this, but L.A. really does have so many stories when people first move out here, and you're just either meeting yeah. new people or trying. Yeah. I mean, I remember mine too, where I was in. I don't remember where I was, and someone kept coming up to me, being like, "I want to photograph you." It was so weird. Please, 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 I want to photograph you. And I, I was already like. This is weird, but it'd be nice to make some money. So yeah. I begged my roommate. I'm like, I'm clearly not going by myself. You need to come with me. She's like, fine. And we went in. And the good news was he was actually a photographer. The weird thing about it was when he showed me all of his photos, they were all just nipples. Like nipples, 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 oh, nipples everywhere. Hilarious. And he was like, so whenever you're ready for me to photograph you, you let me know. And I'm like, great, I'll let you know. Thanks. And walked out. And by the way, it was so early into me being in L.A. My roommate and I barely knew each other. It was like one of the first things I ever asked her to do for me. We were probably like a few weeks into our relationship. So I had to like, I had to like, Get that one for a while. She was always like, I love that there's no easing into it. I love that there's no, like... He had no shame, which I appreciate. I (laughs) did at least... I did tell her, at least he was a photographer. Like, part of me was a little nervous it would be you're walking into a crazy situation. And I was so thankful I brought her. But, I mean, he was so proud of all the nipples. And some of them were beautiful. But I was like, my nipple's not going to be... Like, it's just not happening. (laughs) I was like, did you look? I barely have any boobs. Like, not worth it. Maybe that was his thing. But it it was a little odd. But so we all have these stories when you first... First move because yeah. you're trying and it's like you don't want to like you want to be safe but you don't want to not do things because yeah. you need to make money and you need to figure it out and yeah so that's crazy though so you plaster so you were getting some work it wasn't a ton but you were making a little bit of money and so then yeah. how did like the ball start rolling for you so um well you mean in terms of the studios no I mean like so you're out here you're sleeping on a sheet yeah. on the floors you're yeah. plastering you're getting privates what do you feel so like then, was the yeah. moment for you that you could get a bed Okay. How well, about that? <laughs> well, um, I think I just ended up putting it on a credit card. <laughs> um, wait, did I have a credit card? I probably didn't actually have it. Actually, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't have we a credit card. We block out sometimes. Of- I couldn't get one. Um, um, well, what had happened actually, and I think this is like a part of how I became an entrepreneur. I'm. I'm. This is like. I don't even know if we can hear this. No, but this is what I'm asking because I like, do feel like you have a certain but, you can tell you have a skill set that you've always had, right, which is just right, keep going. Right. Just yeah, exactly. Perseverance. <laughs> Energizer bunny. Um so my roommate at the time 
This I'm going to tell the story of how I got my visa Done. because this is kind of like this is this is kind of how this this was the this was the skill I think that that carried me through um, into to uh, owning businesses. So I like there was no rhyme or reason why I should have had a visa. Um, in fact, lawyers told me like there's no way. <laughs> like before I left, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll just go and figure out when I get there. Um, and at You're the right, time, Trump's not listening. To this. <laughs> exactly. See, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump did not listen to this podcast. Um, that would be awesome if he was. I though, know, actually. I would. And then we'd be getting, we're going to get hate mail in point two yeah. seconds. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, she was, she at the time was trying to be a producer, um, my roommate. Uh, and so I found this, I found this, this immigration lawyer in New York who I've been working with ever since. He's amazing. I've never actually met him, but he's done like probably 50 visas for me um, over time. Anyway, he was the first person who was like, yeah, we can totally do this. And I was like, I like you. We are working <laughs> together forever. And basically he was, he was like, okay, get me everything that you've ever done since childhood, like anything creative. So I was like, thank God my parents are like hoarders of <laughs> playbills and, and, and all kinds of things. So I dug through all of that. He ended up, he ended up compiling this hilarious case of like, um, this work that I had done. And then, and then I had had my one woman show where, where luckily I had gotten quite a bit of, um, you know, press. Um, so he was able to compile this thing that, that, that made me look they call them extraordinary ability visas, which is that's what Trump would actually agree. Yeah, He'd be exactly. Fine with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was legit. Um, and then, and then my roommate at the time was trying to be a producer, so she was. Um, so he was like, "Okay, well, she's going to sponsor you." Um, and so, so we, anyway, she ended up doing her first movie and got an investment. Um, of $200,000 to do this movie from someone that she knew. And the money went into the account. And so it was there for maybe a week. And so at that time, my lawyer was like, hey, we have to expedite right now. And so he created this amazing elaborate thing where I was going to be working for this uh, production company um, as a director, a writer, <laughs> uh, an editor, a dramaturg like all like Everything. a performer all of these things because like in my one woman show I did all of all of the things so he was like this is perfect and so he and we and because the money came through for this short window of time and because we expedited I got this visa <laughs> so that's amazing I it, it kind of is miraculous in in a way um and then so I had to like I had to create, we had to, my roommate and I had to create a payroll system. And also all my private yoga clients went through this production company. So I had to pay, I was like paying workers comp and like all of this stuff uh, on, so I. So in a weird way though, it made you more legitimate than anybody else out there. Yeah. Like And also flat broke. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Because I was like, I was paying literally like everything. everything, But you were way more legitimate. Yeah. I was actually quite legitimate except that I was like, and and then to open the yoga studio, he, the same lawyer, um, once, once I did that, he was like, okay, well, I actually, he's like, we need to go the route of like, we've got to prove that because of your acting, because you've already got this, like this visa, 
we've got to funnel that into what you're doing now. So we, <laughs> he created a case to say that because I'm opening up a yoga studio in Los Angeles, like I have to, as a yoga teacher, it, like I'm the only person who can do it because I have to be able to speak to Hollywood. I have to be able to communicate oh, like he is good with his to angles. Hollywood and writers. So I, he like basically lumped this other visa and the, and the storyline that went into that into why I was the only person that could open up this yoga studio. So you, were telling, like, but you were telling an actual story, which yeah, is good, a linear yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny because weirdly he put it out there because Moto is, I mean, not that you ever talk about it this way and it's more than that, but a lot of Hollywood does go to Moto. I see it all the time because you guys are next door to us. So that's weird. Maybe he put it out there and that's then funny. it happened. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but it's maybe, true. Maybe. Um Oh, I was about to tell a story that we probably shouldn't tell about one of our run-ins with Hollywood outside of our studios. Oh, yeah. Let's we'll explain we'll, we'll <laughs> um, but, um, but so I want to have a question with you about so spirituality and your course and the fact that you were this actress, but what actually helped you get financially stable and a visa was really the yoga and uh-huh. the acting simultaneous. So when do you feel like the roles actually switched for you or have they are do you still are you still an actress and you're still like you know what I mean when do you feel like mm-hmm. you ha- your identity might have switched yes or how does it okay. play no, into I, who you are now yeah um there was a moment actually where I had been doing my one woman show um and I had completed it and I'd been working on it for years actually and doing it in, in various states and um cities in, in Canada as well um and I like the 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 last time that I had done it actually in LA I when I was through with it I was sort of like I think I'm done with this for a while it came to the point where I was um the next step would have been to go out on auditions and stuff like that and I was like I just am not inspired to do that and what I I realized what I loved about it was was collaboration and t- storytelling and um this this process of of finding of accessing authenticity and and a voice um, in me and then also working with others too um, and then in the characters that I was creating so um, at the same time around the same time um, my amazing partner Dina reached out to me who I had known for years prior uh, and was like okay are you ready to are you ready to do this with me? And we had been talking about it for years. And I think I was, I just didn't think that that was the right fit for me, like running a business. I never thought that that was like my path. So I'd always said, you know, no, not me. I even at a certain point, um, tried to get, uh, then boyfriend to, 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 to take it on. He was a yoga instructor. And, uh, but anyway, I'd finished this show and I was like, I should say yes to this. This has been coming up a lot. I should just say yes. And um, so I did. And I remember at the time I was working with a meditation teacher up in the hills and we were meeting um, every, at least every month, but, but sometimes more. And I remember saying to her, like, okay, this thing has come up and I'm going to do it. And uh, I know myself and I know that I we'll try to straddle both worlds and I'll try to like do everything. And I had a sense that if I was going to be successful, I had to, 
I had to go all in mm-hmm. on the yoga. I just had to funnel whatever energy that I was, you know, using to do one woman shows and whatever hustle I was on. <laughs> and, and I had to just dive in. And I remember saying that to her and I was like, I'm so scared of this. I'm so, so terrified. And, um, but I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for five years and I'm going to go all in. And, uh, I remember that, that moment and it was, I just decided. And so with the fear, was there relief or all fear or? I wish I could say yes, but it was. And have you ever looked back? Like, do you ever feel like you've, you let go of part of you or do you feel like that's still part Mm, of you? That's a great question. Um, I don't feel like I let go of part of me, um, I think that it's all, the, I think it's the same. I think it's, yeah, there's times when I miss the days of like getting into like a community center room and just playing, you know, with with a fellow, you know, performer, you know, whether that's directing or, or being the performer. Like I, I miss those kind of like ridiculous, um, silly days but actually I find that that there's a lot of that I was gonna say now, a lot of silly actually. days yeah yeah so so it's it's a lot of the same it's a lot of the same skills and I find that teaching is for me it's it's very aligned like I I'm not so much the type of yoga teacher who is who's who's um really focused on like uh g- getting to a certain pose Although I think that's fun, but I, I really, I, it's the same kind of goal, which is how do you teach from a place of like truth and how do you, how do you inspire the students to actually tap into their truth? So it's, it's actually the same. It's funny because I, I feel the same way when I change my like, careers yeah. too and everyone was like, is it weird? Do you miss yeah. it? And I'm like, I still get to do all the like things that I love doing, yeah. the creative part of that job. Yeah. And, and same thing, I always describe my job as finding the best voice in people, mm-hmm. whether through the projects, through the writers. And I feel like that's what I'm doing now yeah. too. So it's weird. It, I always feel if people can get comfortable and figure out who they are, there's so much you can do with yeah. the, that skill set. Yeah. And I think you and I have talked about this before, but it's like, you know, the, 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 vision really of the studio and what I feel like I'm up to on a daily basis is is like I want you know I want people to to connect with their most authentic selves and like whether that is a mom or whether that's a a dentist or you know like you know those are obviously like really broad terms but but like whatever excites them most to tap into, to drop into that and to, to let that resonate in their voice and what they do and, and how they move and breathe. And to me, that actually is the most exciting thing. So, so it's, it's the same. Right. And I love that you're saying that because that's so much of what this podcast is Mm -hmm. about is like when you figure out who your authentic self is, who did you not necessarily become because you were always it, but who did, where did you fall into? And that's kind of what you're saying is, Mm -hmm. It brought you to opening up all these amazing yoga studios and creating this community, and now you're a mom, mm-hmm. um, which is unbelievable. <laughs> but that's something. Was that something you always wanted to do as well, or you always knew you wanted, or was that later in life? I think I always, you know, deep down, 
thought that that was in my path, but I never, in, I never could comprehend how that would look, uh, especially you know in some of those earliest phases where I was like you know sleeping on the floor and stuff. <laughs> I was like, well, that that's, wasn't really on the radar at that point, but like um, definitely. Well, I I ended up getting pregnant accidentally, you know, a few few years ago, and it was that the miscarriage that I had where I realized how much I that was something that I wanted. I think I think the idea that it wasn't necessarily a given, you know, that I could just snap my fingers and be like, okay, now I'm ready. It's like you um, thought, if I ever decide I'm ready, exactly. it'll just happen. That'll, and then all yeah. of a sudden it yeah. happened and then didn't. And then it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point is when I when I was really committed slash I think I went down the rabbit hole. I think, about I think a lot of women. I mean, I, I look, that same thing for <laughs> yeah. me, too, since I struggled. Um, do you how do you feel like, especially because you were in the middle of your business and in this world of wellness and spirituality, mm-hmm. how do you feel like you balance that with your struggle do you feel like there were like you said rabbit hole right now do you feel like you lost moments of it I did a really bad job I think think? in that time yeah I think I was really uh I had a hard time during that period um I guess it's mean to myself to say I did a really bad job so (laughs) maybe I'll take that but but, no but it's honest I think I I fumbled through it for sure I in what way what do you mean by that um uh, it was a very, it was stressful. It was a stressful time. And I think, I think I had, um, I was learning so much in, in the business at the time. Like I was, I was, I was, um, making, a, I think a lot of mistakes at that time. And, and, and my life certainly did not have room at that time for a baby. Um, and, so I, I, it was, it was simultaneously a process of, of like how to re navigate through and how to reestablish, you know, um, uh, time management and like boundaries inside of business. Um, while at the same time moving through a really emotional process of trying to figure out, um, how to have a baby, um, which which had a lot of fear wrapped into it. I think they both did. I didn't. I felt like I I didn't know what I was doing for about uh, two years there. Yeah, <laughs> it was like you were in your mind at that point in the business struggling emotionally, and then you uh-huh. were struggling emotionally at home. So it's just you're like yeah, yeah. And then you feel like you're not going to get either, and it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. How how do you feel like? So for you, you said it was like time management. Do you think it was just time for you to process it and like process the loss and then actually come to terms with what you wanted? Or how do you feel like you finally kind of climbed your way yeah. out? Well, so, okay, so that energy that I that I tapped into, I think, to, 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 to get the business going um, – was a little bit like, yeah, that tunnel vision. And mm-hmm. it's that it's it's a little bit of 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 a survival kind of I've said mode. it to so many people. Yeah. And it's it's like it's it requires, I think, a little bit of crazy. And I think I like I was on the hamster wheel of that and I was, you know, like you said, like we were it was really it was it was the hard thing is that it often works, but it only works for for so long until you have to actually like ground and 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 balance and 
grow take some breath. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that energy then got transferred into, um, you know, when when the idea of having a baby was was potentially taken away. Like it was it was questioned. You know, it wasn't a given. Like I said, um, I I became a little bit attached and obsessed with with that idea. Isn't it so interesting how that happens? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was almost like this like quest to figure out what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I always said that yeah. for me too. I left that before I even started that journey. I was always okay adopting. I always said I'd want to adopt at some point in my yeah. at some point in my life, whether it was second child or first child. That was always something I was going to do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when I was struggling with my own fertility and not being able to do it myself, it became this like primal need mm-hmm. to have to have my own biological child. Right. And I remember being like. My brain part would stop and be like, what's wrong with you? You actually don't care. But mm-hmm. then it just becomes this, like, game with yourself where you mm-hmm. feel like you're losing, so you have to win. And yeah. it's it's so bizarre because I would always remind myself, no, 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 before this all started, you wanted. And that's eventually right. where we got to, and I right. have a most amazing daughter, and I wouldn't yes, change a thing. She's I mean, she's really pretty great. <laughs> um, and I would never go back and do it a different way yeah. if I even had the choice. But it is interesting how psychologically – you get into this need, need, want, want that's actually not your true self at mm-hmm. all and not really mm-hmm. what you believe or think, but you just, and it's, look, it's hard for women. We have a clock, whether mm-hmm. we like to admit it or not, we do. And so when the clock gets louder ticking and then things aren't happening, mm-hmm. it does, it really just changes, I feel like, the whole way you associate yourself with it mm-hmm. when you're actually in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, 100%. And I remember, yeah, I remember the shift he asked me about when that shifted. I, I it was around the time I, I had gone to like you know the Chinese doctors and for, uh, even fertility because I I had had two miscarriages and and the, my doctor at the time really actually did I I I I felt like she did sort of look at me like there's something wrong. In fact, she was like we have to figure this out and and she sent me to a fertility uh, specialist and that is that's. And it was nothing against her, but that's when I started to, it all became way more clinical and scary. Numbers and, and yeah, yeah, numbers. Percentages. And, and, you know, and I, I think I put myself through a lot of guilt about like having been so um, wrapped up in starting the business and, and that was all consuming and it still at the time was. Um, so, I, yeah, I went through all kinds of stuff and, and, I was making these ridiculous, not ridiculous, I'm sure they probably worked in some way, but like it, like two hours to make teas and brew these things and then like going to get acupuncture. <laughs> um, and you jumped testing. on the, you jumped I on like the train. Went we all do. in. I read the books. I like got rid of plastics and right. like coke, was like taking CoQ10 and all the things. And who knows? Only having maybe, sex at this time oh, and not yeah. this time. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, that is. It is it, the whole thing is crazy. It's, 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 it's nuts. And it's uh, a very, very, very fear-based. But you said um, something interesting. And, and again, not that I'm a women, women, women all the time. But it is true when you said I felt guilty about putting so much into the business. Mm-hmm. And I've been there too where I was like, oh, God, I felt guilty. I took this on and I felt guilty I did this. And did mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. you know, if you believe in there's only so much energy and then the pizza pie mm-hmm. is filled with this, you only mm-hmm. have this much. Of course you're having struggling having a child. And I used to just sit there and be like, a man would never feel this, and they have no oh. clue 
how how much that sucks to feel that where you feel like major choices that you made for yourself yeah. could hinder a whole nother major choice of something you want in your life. Yeah. It's just interesting and they'll never yeah. that's just never on them. Yeah, it's that's interesting. Yeah, totally. But um, it just then I think goes into your fear because you feel like you're the one who has to drive the train yeah. or is responsible for it if you're in a if you're in a partnership. Yeah, it was like a lot of put it putting a lot of pressure and yeah, and guilt and all the all the all of, all of the things on myself, which obviously is never helpful. Um, but but there was a shift. I, I went to see this um, this acupuncturist actually right down the street on Wilshire, um, and she was just super cool and, and badass. She was um, in her she is in her forties, I'm gonna say, and she had a baby a little bit later um, in life and. She was just really chill. She's like, don't worry about the numbers. And she's like, you know, just like make sure you're drinking. She's European, of course. <laughs> she's Love like, it. Make sure you're drinking wine. And I, I was I'm like, a big believer too. <laughs> I think you and I had that conversation. And she's like, yeah, just just you know, try to relax. So then, so then these um, acupuncture sessions ended up being like Therapy. a time to meditate yeah. and a time to rest and. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I I don't know, I don't know what what the secret concoction ended up being. But you the have end, the most amazing but, daughter too. Oh, she's so cute. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> so great. Yeah, she's 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 awesome. How do you feel like it's changed you now as a business owner? And you've since mm-hmm. you've had her, you have expanded to other ownerships. It's not like you're just readjusting to one scenario. You've actually been growing and expanding. So how mm-hmm. do you feel like it's changed the way? you operate in that or has it not it definitely has cuz there's a, this new priority um i yeah i i think the biggest thing for me is that i feel like she is a a mirror like she mirrors i look at her and i and i have this really big sense of like that she's that she's watching me which <laughs> she, she is, is. <laughs> so i feel like responsible for for um you know whatever whatever patterns that I that I you know want to want to move through and and kind of yeah get whatever patterns I want to move through I I feel like that is like more relevant and more um immediate because because she's watching me I feel like I'm teaching her as I and you are as I'm doing everything right and we are that's what's so crazy but it's it's so funny that you say that so to tie it back in to the beginning because one of the things you said a while ago that I wanted to go back to was the hamster wheel of opening up a Mm -hmm. business and the survival mode that you get in because I a thousand percent understand that and one of the things I was going to ask you but I'm going to tie it into what you're talking about with your daughter is how you kept your practice or your spirituality mm-hmm. or yourself grounded in that because it is very difficult to do when you are in that hamster mm-hmm. wheel. But I find it interesting as just a comment that your daughter actually kind of easily makes you figure that out for yourself because you're you like you said you see her watching you. Yeah. So you, but how did you then do it back then in the survival mode and the hamster wheel of it all? I just think mm-hmm. it's interesting for people who are thinking about opening a business or just started opening a business, it's, it's more than just having an idea. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of execution and a lot of survival mode, which I like how you put it, that goes into it. Yeah. Uh, so how did I, did you feel like you balanced yourself well at that point or? (laughs) 
I mean, my answer is no. My answer <laughs> no. is no. I would say it honestly. It no, was... I mean, I had moments for sure. And, but I was, I, yeah, like a lot of adrenaline, a lot of passion, which is necessary. It's, it's like necessary. actually not, I don't think you, you can't, you can't start a business. Well, I actually, I don't know the answer to this, but I, I felt like the, the passion and the adrenaline and the, and the hamster wheel, even to an extent like that, that, that that made a lot of shit happen. I agree. Um, and yeah, I've 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 never met anyone who's been like super 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 balanced every step of the way, like like up to big things. And um, no, it was like tons of risk taking, tons of. I mean, like you, we we went in, we had our our the space next door, like a couple months after we opened, it opened up, and we were like, well, we we want. We want to outgrow our space, so do we take this opportunity? It's now or never, potentially. Right. And we did, and it was like we were, you know, five months into being open, we were in a build while open, which that was like us. It's and insane. It's, it's it, it is insane. Um, and as if you, and if you have any business acumen, you're fearful because you're like, yeah. I shouldn't necessarily be doing right. this if you're just looking at yeah. numbers. But the my instinct is telling yeah. me I really need to do this. Yeah. But then it's like. You know, it's it's that as I think when you find the the deepest practice is because you're you're in you push yourself to these limits and limits isn't just like in a in a in a pose where you're like, oh, my God, I can't do this or or or, you know, you fall out of it or or whatever. It's like those moments where you're like, oh, my God, I can't I can't do this. And in and your <laughs> Like, how am I going to do this? You just have to. And you, you, you have to. And so for me, like I had a lot of, uh, a lot of times where I would, I actually listened to a lot of guided meditation laying down (laughs) and, uh, and just, just stopping. I did a lot of, uh, Shavasana and, um, singing was a big thing for me too, um, well, you Along were such a, a beautiful singer, and that was such a surprise for me that I had no clue. Oh. I mean, anyone here, if you ever have a chance, like sometimes at Moto Yoga, they actually, her and her partner, or you yourself, will actually sing to the practice, right? I mean, yeah. you make it, it's so amazing. And Thank you. And so I love that you just said that was kind of part of your own self-practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it the vibrations, or was it just the release, or the not thinking oh, about? Yeah, I think, I mean, singing has has always been the thing that that gets me to ground the the fastest like i feel yeah i feel a sense of peace i guess when i when especially if i can sing with somebody i love harmonies and, oh, me and too. yeah so um yeah it was it, it's it was really amazing to get to do that with with dina who's who's my like i said my amazing partner and and you know we would just we would actually, yeah, we would sing a lot. We would do, you know, we would just get together in her backyard and and sing, especially when we were really scared. And she was she was less, <laughs> I think, less afraid than me. I think she was a little had a little bit more um, fearlessness than me. But um, but yeah, we would just sing together for for hours. So do you think that's a big part of opening a business? Just fearlessness. Well. I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's realistic to be fearless, um, but it's, yeah, you just have to keep 
you have to just do it anyway. In fact, we, you know, the whole um, campaign that we created around uh, Sweat for Change, which actually we haven't talked about, but that's okay. <laughs> it was a whole campaign where we, are, where we were um, raising, uh, raising funds for, for, to bring music back into public schools in Los Angeles. And we you were, raised over like $300,000. Right? Yeah, in, in, in the span of two campaigns. But we were like, how, how are we going to get people to A, commit to, to, um, to 30 days because it was a 30-day challenge? And also we, we, we had high goals of like fundraising. So um, it, was a, it was really like there was a roadblock when we would, when we would talk to people. And, and they, you know, it was like all, the, all of the excuses that we all have. It's like, oh, well, I have a job. I, you know, I can't, I've got kids and I don't have time to, to do this, blah, blah, blah. And so we created a whole thing around um, this kind of slogan of like, but I'm doing it anyway. So we allowed people to say like, well, these are all, all the excuses. reasons why. And, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. And so it's kind of that idea of like, yeah, there's no logical way that this functions. <laughs> like, there's no clear path. But I'm doing it anyway. But I'm doing it anyway. So, like, that kind of just applied to... But that's such I a mean, beautiful message, I think, for everyone, period, in life. Mm-hmm. I think fear just really paralyzes people. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's interesting for people to just hear someone like you who is literally plastering their face all over LA because you didn't have a bed to sleep on mm-hmm. or a visa <laughs> or a visa has made like is successful and has a family and is happy. And it's because you will just keep trying and you will, you know, you'll do it anyway, which mm-hmm. I think is so great. It's not that you were handed all of this. You worked for it. Mm-hmm. You worked your butt off, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is amazing. <laughs> no, it is. Cause I do, I feel like people always ask, but how did you do it? Or how can you right. do it? And yeah, I'm sure there's a million books out there everyone can read, but a lot of it is just determination and sticking to it and believing that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And usually, if you go the route of what you'll read in a book, you're you're it doesn't. I don't know. I feel like that's what everyone else is doing. I know. So you, it's almost it's almost uh, better if you in a way, like have, have the mentality of, but I'm doing it anyway. And you don't know what you're doing. Right. And you have to figure it out. Cause I think, I think that's when you get, I have more creative. fun doing that for me. Yeah, I'm always totally. like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. it's more fun to fail. I feel like in that realm yeah. because you're, there's no comparison. Otherwise right. it's like, well then how did you not know? Right. Like, yeah, I'm exactly. Like, Nobody knows. I'm exactly. Just I think it, yeah. Learn from it. Yeah. It might be more, um, it, it might be, it might be harder actually if I like had a business degree and, and then like tried to set out to do xyz and and because i'd maybe put more pressure on myself me i don't too. know yeah me Not too sure. Wait, well this has been amazing i've loved all your story i could talk to you for like an hour by like, the way and we will <laughs> yes um, to be continued to be continued but i do want to leave it here because i do think that's such a nice message and such an uplifting thought for people to realize like really anybody can do anything with their lives that they put their minds to it i mean Go mm-hmm. get your go get your face plastered all over. Maybe mm-hmm. not today's day and age, but, <laughs> but yeah. still. So I would love to just ask just a few questions that you can just like dart through just for everyone. So what is your daily practice now? Um, it is I try to get to my mat, whether it is at the studio. I mean, ideally it's at um, La Brea or, or East. Um, and if I can't, um, it's ideally 15 minutes at least in my house. Um, and then sometimes that 
that if it's not on my mat, if I, if what I need more on that day is a meditation and then, then that's what it is. And I love guided meditation. So, um, yeah. And then what spiritual book or podcast is like one that you go to? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, well, anything that Pema Chodron has ever written is like, I, and I just also love her voice. I, I've, I really, really connect with her and have been listening to her and reading her for, I don't know, years 10 yeah. years. Um, so that, she, she, like, I think she's incredible. And, and then I also, I also have, like, you know, read all of John Kabat-Zinn's books and listened to his um, meditations and really love him. Um, and then, yeah, for physical, physical asana, um, I, yeah, I, I often, if I'm going to do it at home, like, and, and do a guided practice, it'll be Annie Carpenter, um, and, uh, yeah, sometimes Sean Korn, I really like, or sometimes it'll be just, yeah, by, by myself, do my own, Your do own. my own thing. Yeah. I love that. Um, is there a documentary or movie that resonates with you? Yeah, this is, this is hard. I, I actually love documentaries so much so there's so many but um <laughs> uh I I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I was really impacted slash inspired slash a little bit paralyzed I'm gonna be <laughs> honest by an inconvenient truth I haven't seen the sequel but I'm really looking forward to to seeing it um yeah there's there's so many documentaries that I really love. Agreed. Is there, I think you kind of answered this. I was going to say, is there a teacher you follow? Would you think that's like Annie or Sean? Yeah. I, or I actually, that? I actually, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say that there's any teacher that I follow. Um, uh, my, I'm, but, but the, but I think if I were to name one yoga teacher that has inspired me the most, um, ever like over the years and that would be my partner actually Jess <laughs> yeah well, that's really I'm sweet cry <laughs> um she's yeah she's she's incredible and she's the co-founder of Moto International and and I, she's just a phenomenal human and a phenomenal yoga teacher uh in in the room uh on the mat uh and then, but then also, I learned so much about yoga through the way that I see her um, navigate through business and navigate through personalities, um, and how she how she um, hosts a, a dialogue, a meeting, a, a, a discourse, a disagreement. And so, I she's she's someone, yeah. And that's all part of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's all it's all the same. Yeah. So, is there something you wish you knew before, let's say, before you cross the border? In Buffalo? No, thank God I didn't know what I know now. Otherwise, I would have done none of it. <laughs> That's a great answer. I, I'm grateful that I didn't know anything and that I was just like, yeah. Like, yeah. If I. Ignorance sometimes really yeah. is bliss. Yeah. It's yeah, true. Totally. Well, thank you so much. You guys should check out Emily at Moto Yoga LA. Um, is there anything else you want me to plug for you guys? Well, that we're, yeah, you already said it. We're about to open um, Moto Yoga LA West. And they just opened up Moto Yoga East, which yeah. the den actually has a pop-up in. So that's yeah. actually been really fun. So And that space is beautiful, unbelievably gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, has good parking. Yeah. 
It does have good parking. And I guess, yeah, we have something coming up, which is really awesome that we're going to be doing with all of the Moto Studios worldwide, um, which is called Speak Your Peace. And we are uh, raising uh, funds for Amnesty International. And um, we're actually, the goal is to, uh, on the mat, inspire a practice of Shavasana, so stillness and silence. Um, over the course of 30 days, 10-minute Shavasana every single day. So it starts and ends with um, a yin and sound bath practice. So nice. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a real collective effort. So that's happening in September. So if you've never been to the studios, join. That's a big deal, though. That's a lot of studios. a lot of studios. On the lines of speaking about your business, can you tell people a little bit about, like, what makes Moto different than other yoga studios? Mm, Okay. So um, I think what makes us different is that um, we are, we're we're really, really, really uh, accessible. I think the goal um, has always been for us that whenever somebody walks through the door they are um they are met with uh total acceptance and um and friendliness no matter uh no matter what so if it's the person who has you know the the perfect quote-unquote yoga clothes and yoga mat great and then also if it's the person who just finished smoking a cigarette and you know was yelling on their their iphone outside (laughs) it's like we're gonna we're gonna treat them the same um And yeah, uh, what I love, I just always get so moved um, when I see a class and we have, we have a lot of these where it's just so diverse. Um, We'll have a room full of people and it'll be, um, you know, people who are in their early 20s and into their uh, 70s, uh, 80s and uh, all different um, you know, demographics, different cultures. And it's, yeah, that, that to me is really, really, and different abilities and, and they're all kind of breathing and moving together, which is really, really exciting to me. And that's, and that means you guys are are successful at what you put out to do Mm because that means everyone feels very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the hot yoga aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so we are, uh, we're hot yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we use, a we use a form of radiant heat. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. We, we've actually in LA, we started to, to build by accident and rooms with really high ceiling ceilings, which has now become a little bit of a, a signature for us. So it, it feels, you know, that the way that we heat the rooms is really, um, is like a really, really nice system where you never feel, uh, like it's hard to breathe. There's a really good air exchange and, um, and then add add to it natural light and these high ceilings and it's a beautiful experience and it's a you know it's it's a wonderful sweat um and yeah I lo- I mean I love I love practicing in the heat why do you love practicing in the heat um I I love uh, well there's a real there's a real detoxification that I think happens um just the other day we were chatting about this actually they there's been studies that have shown um that they've they've done a lot of testing on on sweating and the what what they found uh, is uh, a lot of um chemicals that come out in the sweat obviously the the main um detoxification happens with with uh, breathing um 
but there there are traces of chemicals that come out in um, through sweat. Um, it also helps to uh, to to loosen some of the muscles. So um, I find that it can help with um, just softening into some of these poses as opposed to having to sort of force yourself. Obviously, you never want to be forcing yourself in a yoga practice. Um, but then the other element is that there is uh, an intensity to it that f- for me, and I think a lot of people can identify with this, helps you to surrender because you're, um, yeah, it's another challenge. I always say that that practicing yoga is about, you know, meeting challenge and getting to know yourself inside of those challenges. So whether that's like the challenge of a shape that you're trying to get your body into, whether it's the challenge of, you know, busy obsessive mind or the challenge of heat all these things that that these conditions that take you to an edge so that you can practice um breathing and softening in in that edge so obviously there's a intensity to heat um that that is you know that is yeah did you always practice like what was your first yoga experience Mm, um you know i I, I guess my first yoga experience was not in the heat, um, but the first time that I really, really, really ever felt a deep ability to relax in Shavasana, a deep peace was, um, was in a hot class. And I think there's something about that, that the ability to, you know, tap into that, the energy and the heat and the, the fire to, that allows you to to also drop into a deep stillness and a deep rest, um, yeah. And it also it also uh, helps with the cardiovascular system. <laughs> I mean, yeah, your heart your heart is beating faster. Like so, there's it's really it's really good for people who actually need a little bit more of that intensity in order to soften. Right. But for me, the goal is always that like you know ultimately you're you're leaving with a little bit of more a little bit more peace um, than when you came in. And so I know community is really big for you. It's one of the things you said you loved about, you envisioned for it. So talk about the community at Modo. Um, It's the community at, well, so I guess I'll talk about the greater community um, because we extend out into this really incredible group of now 80 studios that spans globally. We started in Canada um, we're all independently owned, um, but we are we're we're truly a collective. Um, we meet all the studio owners get together every year um, in at this like basically this YMCA camp That's so fun. <laughs> in in uh, in Ontario and Canada, and we we have yeah we we talk about what's going on. We come together to make decisions. We vote on absolutely everything, which is very Canadian <laughs> literally we um and we you know we we end the day with a bonfire and sing sing alongs yeah, I love um it. but like we we it's are we're a yoga it kind of is it is it's 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 funny we have like you know sharing circles lots of tears and um but but it's a, a community of sharing um it we were a community of activists as well I would say um it's it's really cool having this this um, 
now such a large community, we can we can come together. We have two, I think I mentioned the campaign Speak Your Peace, which is which is with all of the studios, we all come together. But then there's another one that we call um, Grow Your Yoga, which usually happens in April. And um, we choose a cause and it's usually it's usually environmental. Uh, environmentally based, uh, you know, we've been, we're really passionate, obviously, about addressing um, global warming. And um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tap into the efforts of each individual, individual studio and the communities of those studios. And we come together in this like effort to bring awareness and education and, um, and, uh, and funds oftentimes to address a common uh, a common goal. Um, well, it's so nice that every micro community is part of a macro community. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. And not every studio has that. The fact yeah. that yeah. it's not just the people on the Bray or in East, they all have each other and yeah. then internationally. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, just talking about Speak Your Peace, which is coming up um, next month, it's just really, it, it's amazing to think that there are 80 studios around the world on International Day of Peace, all practicing like we all do a, a class on same time. on International Day of Peace, and it's a candlelit class, and and that's I, I don't know. There's something really Very inspiring to me too. that yeah, where everyone is like coming together in breath and coming together in in a common you know vision to to create to create change. Um, in ourselves and then also have that change ripple out into the world. As a business owner, this must be the stuff you live for because mm-hmm. even though you work in a spiritual wellness world, it doesn't mean it's not a business and there's not, you know, the daily heartache mm-hmm. of a business sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this must be the stuff that's always just oh, super, yeah. like, just so excited about. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, those are the, those are the moments for sure. There's, and there's so many um, where it just, it, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, I just feel so lucky to, to get to do this. Um, yeah. Cause I think community, I mean, community is such a huge part of what we do. Um, you know, aside from, uh, as well as hot yoga, like that's, that's hot yoga is what we do, but, but, um, you know, ex- extending out of that is we create community and we, um, we bring people together and we, try to move mountains with with community so um yeah I get really inspired by that and speaking of practice um Emily is going to do a 10 5 to 10 minute practice to lead us out so find a comfortable seat and if you prefer to lay down you can lay down Just get a sense of where you are in space. The eyes can close, but notice the connection that you have to the floor. Notice what parts of the body are touching the floor. And then notice which parts of the body feel light, expansive, exposed. And get a sense of any sounds that you hear in the room. And 
And the feeling on the skin, the surface of the body. Maybe warm, maybe cold. Maybe a little bit of both. And maybe there's a little bit of a breeze. Just locating yourself in space. Let's together take a big breath in. Feel the belly rise, expand. Chest expands. And then out the mouth, let it go. more like that big breath in expand the belly expand the chest and then exhale let it go now relax the control of the breath let the control go see if you can Observe here that you are breathing and that your breath is being moved, rather your body is being moved by the breath. So some breaths are longer, some breaths shorter. Sometimes a pause in between. So you use the breath as a tool to come back to your body, to where you are right now. And you'll notice that thoughts definitely come into the experience and pull you out of your body. And that's because you're human. <laughs> and you have a brain. You have a mind. So do your best to notice the thoughts as they Come into the experience. Hold space for whatever thoughts come in. Acknowledge that thoughts. And then with your attention, gently pull your attention back to the feeling that you're breathing in and breathing out. what happens when you notice the breath is that often there will be a bigger, longer inhale and an exhale. But then allow the breath to take on a natural rhythm again.
Notice where in the body you feel that movement of breath. Might be the belly, might be the chest. Might be the nostrils, the tips of the nostrils. Then again, you'll notice another thought pull your focus out of the body and into things you have to do, things you've done. Just notice where your mind goes. And let the practice be this coming back. So you're cultivating the ability to come back. the feeling that you are breathing in and breathing out. So the goal is not to remove the thoughts. It's not to have no thoughts. But it's to notice that there is that activity of thoughts rolling in. And then the choice to shift the focus back to breathing in and breathing out. which sometimes can happen a million times over. And the practice is that you notice when you get taken away by thought, by a storyline, a narrative. You notice where your mind goes. And you use your ability to shift focus, to redirect your attention, your focus back to your breathing. You allow yourself even a few moments where the to-do list can wait. The things that you've done that you could have, should have, would have done differently. Can be set aside. And you're right here with your breath. <laughs> 
And if you lose yourself in thought, take one sharper inhale and exhale to reestablish that connection. And you're right back. Back to the sensation of your body connecting to the floor. Notice which parts of the body are heavy, grounded, and then which parts of the body feel exposed and light, expansive. Coming back into the room, get a sense of, even though your eyes are closed, a sense of the wall in front of you, the wall behind you, to your right and to your left. If you're outside, maybe you're getting a sense of a tree that's in front of you, the space that's in front of you, behind you, right, left. Get a sense of the space above you, whether that is a ceiling or a sky. And then almost as if you could allow your attention to zoom way, way out. As if you could see your body as a little dot on the earth. And that little dot expanding and softening with each breath. With all this wide open space, the ability to observe thoughts Drift in and thoughts drift out. Breath, drift in and drift out. If you could zoom your attention right back into that point, that point where you feel the breath moving in. Maybe it's, let's all go to the nostril area. Feel the breath moving in and moving out.
And start to wiggle the toes and the fingers. Just bringing a little bit more awareness into the limbs. And wake the body up a little bit by deepening your inhales. And your exhales. Moving the spine just a little bit. And then when you're ready, gently blink the eyes open and allow your focus to see what's around you. Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Talks podcast, and join us there.